0: Welcome back to Blazing Trails. I'm Michael Revo from Salesforce Studios. In every crisis lies opportunity. Opportunity for growth, opportunity to learn, and opportunity to incite change. And most importantly, the chance to embrace your company's core values. Today, we hear from two amazing business leaders doing just that. Mark Benioff, CEO of Salesforce, is joined by Anil Bushri, the co-founder and CEO of Workday, for an honest talk from leader to leader about why returning to your company's core values and putting your employees first can help your business thrive. A quick word about Work.com before we get to our interview. Reopening our communities and businesses will take careful planning, but it can be as seamless as possible with Work.com. Work.com is an all-new suite of apps and resources that businesses and community leaders around the world can use to reopen, reskill employees, and respond efficiently to the COVID-19 pandemic. Reopening will be a journey, but Work.com is your guide. To learn more, go to Work.com. And now, your host, Mark Benioff.
1: Well, I'll tell you, you have been a visionary and an innovator, You incredible, incredible leader of our enterprise software industry for multiple decades, way before Workday. And, you know, I, I was watched you in 2005, found Workday. I was so impressed. I remember some of our early lunches and dinners talking about, you know, your dreams and visions. I remember one really strong lunch we had with your co-founder, Dave Duffield, at Hillstone Restaurant in um, San Francisco on the Embarcadero. And I'll tell you that you
2: have far exceeded my dreams. It's incredible what you have done. Thank you, Mark. I can't take credit. We've got a great team. My co-founder, as you know, is one of the great humans. And thank you for all of your support and advice along the way. You were the first person we called when we decided to start Workday. We had that really nice lunch. And uh, I remember you told me the first thing was hire more salespeople than you think you need. And, And you were right.
1: Well, I'll tell you, Neil, it's great to have you on the show. I'm so excited. You know, Workday's done so well, it's been incredible, but your values have really defined the company. You know, It's really started with the right values. How do you think about that? What
2: are the most important things to you at Workday? You know, uh, we've always been employee first. I know a lot of companies say customers number one, but I've never seen a company that has happy customers and unhappy employees. You gotta start with your employees and, and we lead with them. Happy customers comes next. We have fun along the way, we innovate. We try to do it with integrity and that really defines our values. And we live by those values and we reward those values. And if people don't fit those values, they don't stay at work.
1: Well, you know, it's a bit of progression and I've seen you grow. I've seen you advance. Um, You've also done a lot of philanthropy. You've also taken care of your community. You've been regarded as probably one of the best places to work in the world because of that. I've seen that each and every year. It's been awesome actually to see that. And we've also become some great partners too. What's been your biggest surprise, you know, when you look back over the last several years?
2: I think um, you never know if your value system really works until you hit a crisis. And as you talked about, we've had multiple crises at the same time and we've fallen back on our values. We've fallen back on taking care of employees, and employees will take care of our customers. And uh, we've done it that way. I know you've done the same. And I'm just really proud of our team that the values held up and they are a touchstone for us to make the right decisions, which which we did early on in the pandemic. And right now we're really engaging on all the conversations around equality and justice. Yesterday, I hosted a, a webinar with Michael Bush, the CEO of Great Place to Work Institute. He published a blog, which everybody should read, which is racism, the 400 year old virus. And he has some really good points for and action items for companies to take to do a better job. And we can all do a better job.
1: Well, I think you're right. I mean, every time we look at this, we go deeper and deeper to understand what are the things that we need to do at Salesforce? And, you know, I think that it has to start with people. I don't know if you agree or not, but, you know, we have to create more allies inside our own organizations, more transparent reporting really look at in-depth in our pipelines, promotions. I know you know Tony Profit, our Chief Equality Officer, very well. He's an amazing executive at Salesforce. We've also combined recruiting with him because we realize recruiting and equality need to come together if we're going to make progress. And yes, As I mentioned, it. we're even looking at our product. Uh, you can see, like, as you know, we bought Tableau last year and they're doing tremendous work in analytics and really taking their product and providing transparency to some of the issues that we're seeing with the police. So if you go to publictableau.com, you're going to find new analytics and new visualizations that really expose what's happening. But we make these great products, we can use them to create more equality. I'm sure you think of that because you have a, a product that's in the middle of the HR department of every company on planet Earth. So, you know, how do you look at that?
2: Well, I think uh, very much to your point, it starts with the right mindset. So right now, we're very focused on training our hiring managers to be more open-minded and embrace diversity rather than just hire in their own image. Then we need to create better leadership paths. And I think the biggest thing in talking to our Black employees, and I've done that three times in the last few weeks through a series of town halls, they feel alone in many cases. And they don't get the mentorship that their other colleagues get. We have to fix that. Uh, and so for them, taking a, a leadership job is is risky. They don't feel like they have the support to be in a leadership role. So. These are all things that are fixable, but it's gotta be a a major change in mindset. And on the product side, we track, as you know, when you're a Workday customer, thank you for that. We have all of these diversity inclusion dashboards where you can really see how you're doing. And you and I have always said that if you can't measure it, you can't change it and we gotta measure it and then we can change it.
1: Well, I think that transparent reporting and accountability is so important to be held to management teams and all employees worldwide. I'll tell you one thing, and as we've gone deeper in this crisis, we even looked at our purchasing. We have a tremendous black executive, Craig Cuffey, who runs purchasing at Salesforce. And, you know, I asked him just yesterday, you know, are we buying, you know, from black businesses aggressively enough? You know, and he had something really interesting to say, which was making slight changes in our payment terms would allow us to do that at another level. You know, I asked him, are we investing in black entrepreneurs enough? I think these are some questions that are really on my mind you know, are we taking actions to really address racism in all of our policies, not just our internal policies, but even our public policies as well? I want to go deeper to really look at that. Each one of these times that we have a crisis, I look at crisis as opportunity. This is a moment when it gives us the ability and the willingness to go even farther and in, into all this.
2: Do you see that happen in a workday as well? Yes, absolutely. There's nothing like a good crisis, right? It forces you to your core values this conversation now, we cannot lose this opportunity around equality. We have to embrace it. And, you know, we're doing several things along the way. We committed $10 million that our belonging group of Black employees will be part of deciding where that $10 million goes for which causes. We are um, partnering with Steph and Aisha Curry, Eat, Learn, Play, uh, locally in, in the Oakland area. All these things that we can do to make the world a more equal place. Uh, and, we've had our call to action. Now, I really think this is the time for companies to lead. Our our government is maybe not leading in the way we'd like it to. So companies can step up and show that we have a soul and we want to do the right thing. And you know, Mark, you're one of the best leaders I've ever seen because you care deeply about these issues. And this idea that you've brought to the table, stakeholder theory, I think we all need to embrace that. We We all need to think about more than our share price. We've got to think about our community our employees, our customers in a far more complex way than we have historically. And, th- and this is a moment where we can really embrace it.
1: I agree with you, Anil. Uh, I think that you know we have to think about all of our stakeholders. And this is a moment in time, certainly where our black employees, our black customers, our black community is a key stakeholder to Salesforce. And we have to look at them, we have to embrace everyone. And we can't just focus on only share price. I think that when I went to business school, You know, it's always about the business of business is business. Um, I think where both of us are on the page, the business of business is improving the state of the world. And how do we use our companies as a platform for change? I think that's really critical. I think I just look at public education, which you and I both have been involved in. You know, Salesforce is very close to investing more than $100 million in our local San Francisco and Oakland public schools. I think that's so important, especially in creating quality. It's another thing that we can look more
2: deeply in right now. Fantastic. I'm with you. You just tell me where to go, Mark.
1: Well, you have been doing amazing work. And like the you mentioned philanthropy. And you know, one of the areas that really inspired me was philanthropy for you wasn't just in externally, which you've been doing so aggressively, Neil, and also with Dave, but you've also Done philanthropy internally in the first quarter. You took care of your employees and made employee payments to make sure that they didn't suffer during the pandemic. Can you explain what you
2: did and how your reasoning was around that? Well, you know, again, it comes back to core values. Employees are our number one core value, and as we, uh, you know, when you and I had talked, we both saw this pandemic being much longer than I think the the rest of the world was seeing it, and we thought, hey, we need to make sure that our employees feel taken care of right out of the gates, and so we decided to give every employee in the company a a two week bonus just to get ahead of issues they might have with childcare, with, you know, with uh, maybe a a spouse that's not able to work or a partner that's not able to work or lost their job or parents or whatever the issue was that they would need that extra cash. And, you know, it it was also good for work day because it allowed our employees to bring their whole selves to work and uh, know that the company that they worked for was looking out for them. And, you know, we explained it to wall street and wall street, I didn't really care what Wall Street thought about it, but they actually thought it was a good idea.
1: Well, you also inspired me to look at that first quarter as well. You know, we were going through just the most severe crisis I have ever seen, and we made actions at Salesforce, you know, that we largely encapsulated into our first quarter as really following you, that we realized we needed to take actions for our employees. We needed to take actions for the world. We've ended up buying about 60 million pieces of PPE We're about 300 hospitals. We've done about 11,000 implementations of Salesforce care, you know, Salesforce, which we call Salesforce care. The thing that's interesting, even the program that we're on now, which is Leah's program leading through change. Well, I'll tell you that that came out of this, which was we realized we needed to create an external voice so that we could talk to millions of people. I think we've almost spoken to about hundred million people through this program, which is kind of amazing because I think that you know these words that we're speaking today are extremely important, and we need to not only speak our values, not only speak exactly how we're going to operationalize our values, but also how are we going to create actions for change. I think that that, and, and I've seen that in with you, I saw that in your first quarter, our quarters are very much aligned with each other, and um, I've also seen that in your second quarter too, where you've continued to you know, look out for others. And and again, you know, we didn't realize, you know, in the first quarter, we thought we were only dealing with a pandemic. Then all of a sudden, we realized we're dealing with an economic crisis. Now we're in a social and racial crisis, you know, and we're in a huge global leadership crisis as well. You know,
2: how do you look at that? Uh, Very similar to you. We're in that leadership crisis right now. And again, I think companies like ours can step up and be forces for good and forces for change. What we're trying to do at Workday is not just do the right thing internally around equality and opportunity, but because we are an HR provider, we're working with our CHRO customers across the globe to give them the tools and techniques to improve their results as well. There's not a CHRO in the country that I've talked to that doesn't want to do the right thing. They all want to do the right thing. We just have to give them the tools and uh, and education in order to do that. And sometimes they need to convince their CEOs that they need to do the right thing. And that's that's where I'm happy to jump on a phone and talk with anybody about the importance of diversity, the importance of giving back. Uh, you know, I followed your one, one, one model. It's work rate for work day. There's no reason that every company can't be that way. And I think that if we lose this moment of opportunity, shame on all of us. So I feel really energized right now. I think this is a time where the right conversations are happening. These conversations are uncomfortable we have to get comfortable talking about the uncomfortable. And in the past, we just kind of brushed some of these conversations under the rug and now they're out there. And I think it's really great. And I think if you're up to listen to Michael Bush, his number one thing is you got to listen first, you got to listen, you got to understand, and then you got to take action.
1: Well, I think we certainly agree with you on that at Salesforce. I'll tell you another area where I've been so impressed with you is really how you've been looking at artificial intelligence. You, You know, you said that before, you know, AI is creating a skills gap, companies are going to need to be prepared for massive retraining that lies ahead. You know, How do you view reskilling in the wake of COVID-19? And how are you seeing these companies, including, you know, I guess a lot of our joint customers, leverage technology to, you know, propel reskilling forward?
2: Yeah, you know, it's a great question. You talk about the 41 million people that are out of work. We want to get those people back to work. And unfortunately, many of the jobs that they had aren't going to come back. You know, you and I both know that. So I actually think that we need a public-private partnership, state by state, because most people have lost their jobs. They can't move to a different state. They have to get a job close to where their home is, where their family is. We're beginning to work with states uh, similar to, to the way you have. To identify the needs that the large companies and and hires have in that state, the government will invest in the training programs, and we're going to reskill these folks with a private-public partnership and get these people back to work. Again, you know, I think this has been, the skills gap has been an issue that's been around for the last four or five years we've been talking about it, but COVID-19 has forced it to the front, and now we have a real opportunity to retrain millions and millions of people and give them skills that are, they're gonna make them successful for the next decade, not for the last decade. And you know, I think it's very similar to the public private partnership you've been doing with contact tracing and with work.com, which has been a model of how to work with the states to get people back to work. And we're doing something similar on the learning side, which is where our, our products fit.
1: Well, you've been a partner in that. When we started this uh, pandemic crisis, I mean, or endemic, or I don't know what we're in right now, it's, you know, things are seem to be changing very fast. I don't really know. This is my first pandemic I've been through. So, you know, we're kind of making it up as we go. And, uh, but when one of the things we realized is we were gonna need a product and a technology to help companies get back to work, to do a lot of basic things, workforce triage, shift scheduling, you know, even elevator queuing, uh, helped building, you know, dashboards and analytics to help companies get back to work. We're doing that this week in New Zealand. We've reopened our offices using that platform you know, you're one of the first people to come forward and say, hey, let's integrate Salesforce and Workday together even more deeply. We've done that in so many things and so many areas for so many customers. But here's another great opportunity. We're building this joint product, Work.com. You know, Salesforce and Workday are both in there, building Work.com. Tell me, what is your, you know, biggest surprise in seeing what companies need right now to, to reopen
2: safely? Well, I think it's a lot of what we're trying to deliver with this partnership. You know, They're talking about A teams and B teams. They're talking about schedules. They've got to do the contact tracing. We know contact tracing works. And so, as you've shared with me, you were thinking about this back in the SARS days when when SARS was an issue. And I think the Salesforce technology and approach to work.com was was brilliant. I thought, well, hey, if we can marry the employee and skills data that we have in Workday with work.com, we just make our customers' lives a lot easier. Uh, Because we have to get the economy going, but we have to do it in a safe way. And the data sets that we bring together in this unified way are really complementary and really powerful. And we have so many joint customers. It's hard for me to think about a customer that I have that you don't have. There's probably customers you have that we don't have, just given how much bigger Salesforce is. But so many of the large customers we have are joint customers, and they're all super excited about this partnership.
1: Well, they are because I'll tell you, I think we all have to learn together. I think it's one of the reasons why this program is so important because it's not just a communications program, it's not collaboration, it's not just about ideas, it's not just about entertainment. You know, it's really about learning that we're learning as we're going here for, I think for a lot of us, even senior executives, employees, managers, individual contributors, pundits, doesn't matter who you are or what your role is in the industry, everybody has a key role. I think that we're in areas that are unexplored, and the only way we're going to get through this is through these types of dialogue. So I really appreciate that. You know, when you look at everything last, we've had, I don't know, half a dozen conversations in the last few months. We really kind of worked together to try to get through this. What
2: has been your biggest surprise? You know, what is the thing that you would have never thought about? There's a lot of goodness out in the world. You know, I think it's easy to be cynical, but I just watch people like you. I see so many leaders stepping up and doing the right thing, and it gives me hope that we're taking on these issues and not being silent, and we're trying to do the right things for our our customers. Uh, I do think that being a cloud company is both a technology advantage. I also think it's a mindset advantage. We just see the world differently. We see it as open and connected, and uh, I've just been impressed how good people are, but also I've been impressed how flexible people are. You know, you have companies that have just changed on a dime. Walmart's a big customer for both of us. I do curbside pickup now. I mean, what a great innovation, curbside pickup. One by one, our customers have kind of reinvented themselves to fit this new world. And um, and it's happened so fast, right? And and I think that's that ingenuity that we have across the globe. But I think in this country, it's a special gift.
1: So you think it's innovation and new ideas and creativity that's going to help us get through
2: this? And an open mind. And an open mind to, to real change. But I think it does, I think innovation just plays such a huge role. And uh, I'm not sure some companies are talking about working from home forever. I'm not sure that's the right thing. It's really hard to collaborate working from home. But it is amazing how we've all figured out how to make it work. I wouldn't have thought this would be three months into it that we're pretty productive at work day. And I know you're very productive at Salesforce. And a lot of our customers are able to run their businesses without anybody in the office. Uh, more challenging for a retailer or a manufacturing company, but for other companies, I think the cloud has been a great, great platform for them to run their businesses. I'm blown away by the stories I hear about how people are leveraging technology to make it work right now, because it's hard.
1: Can you give us a specific uh, customer example of a transformational app or idea or something that's been built that you have could not have imagined a few months ago that now is you know underway with your
2: customers? Well, we have a large manufacturer who built an app on Workday to track COVID-19 patients around the globe, and uh, or COVID-19 cases, and they use it to inform where to move manufacturing capacity. Uh, we have a healthcare organization that uses it to bring people out from outside their hospitals back into the fold, and so using it for tracking, you know, additional healthcare workers. We have. Um, a major retailer, Home Depot, that did a one-time payment to, I think it was over a million paychecks uh, for, for hazard pay and for taking care of their employees. And so we're seeing volumes every day that look like Christmas volumes at retailers. And so it's uh, it's been amazing how, how we're doing it. Uh, on the planning side, our customers' use of workforce and financial planning is up 30x in the last two months. You know, people don't know how this world's going to play out, so they they just keep coming up with different plans and and trying to figure out where the sensitivities are. So, it's really been fascinating to see how our our products have gotten used. It's many cases not things I had uh, that I even was aware of.
1: Yeah, it's the scenario planning is that's been a major surprise for me too. You know that when we kind of went through this, we have this tremendous scenario planning team at Salesforce. We have put together you know multiple scenarios, none of which seem to actually have played out. You know, I think that there was no way you could explain to me what was going to happen three months ago. I would not have believed it. You know, if you had said to me, you know, in February, when we started to see these things emerge, that this is where we would be, you know, now in June, I would say, no, no that's not going to ever happen.
2: Yeah. And I'm not sure we still know how we're going to get out of it. You know, we just have to get, take it day by day. And, and now with the other crises we have, it's, it's a complicated world.
1: Well, it's kind of funny, Neil, you know, every single day, I feel like I'm on a program similar Leading Through Change, just like this, you know, and I always get a question from the interviewer and they'll say, well, tell us now, Mr. Benioff, what is the future of work look like for you? And I said, well, it looks a lot like the current situation. You know? <laughs> we're all in our homes. We're all digital. It's uh, we're all living and working digitally. We're in the now. Here we are. This is the future. We're in the future. Take a look at the technology we're using. Look at how we're communicating with people. Look at how we're communicating with each other. Look at how we're building new technology. Look at how we're inspiring. You know, look at what's happening. Yes, this is the future. It's all happening right now.
2: Yeah, it is. I do wonder when we come out of all this, we'll look back and say, hey, there's a lot of sadness from all the the death because of COVID-19. And we we there's nothing we can do to undo that but I do think we'll also have learned a lot. Uh, we'll have learned a lot about how to deal with pandemics. we we'll have learned a lot about how to be resilient. We will come out a stronger country as it relates to dealing with racism. I think we're gonna look back at this environment as one of the most meaningful times in our, in our life. You go back in history, I don't think there's been a year like 2020 since 1968 where Martin Luther King was killed, Robert Kennedy was killed. You had bad issues all over the country. You were in Vietnam and it's just not a great year. And I'm confident we're going to have a really powerful moment by the end of this year to save 2020.
1: Well, I agree. And I that's a wonderful note to leave on. I'll tell you, Laniel, it's a positive. You're a positive person. You always have a positive outlook. And uh, you've done just a tremendous job with your company and inspired me and so many people. So I just want to really thank you so much for being on leading through change. You know, you're just inspired us at Salesforce, Anil. So thank you for everything that you're doing. We're so grateful.
2: I'll throw right back at you, Mark. And uh, thank you for your friendship all along the way. Uh, You're just a great human and a great friend. So thank you.
0: That was Mark Benioff and Anil Bushri. From being more inclusive to finding ways to upskill the workforce, there are actions we can all take to step up and turn our businesses into platforms for change. For insights into this topic and others, head over to salesforce.com for resources to help guide you through today's changing economic and social environments. I'm Michael Revo from Salesforce Studios. Thanks for joining us today.